0: Welcome, community group leaders, to the Deeper Podcast, where we help you can confidently lead your groups. And we're joined again back with Joe Hishma. So last week, uh, Brian joined us and preached and did a great job. And you were able to get a week off from preaching, but then you kind of had to double up this week with the Deeper experience. And yes, the three hours of preaching through First John. How how was that? So
1: I went. Cheryl and I went to see my parents, um, and we had not seen them since. Um, April. And so we went on vacation to see them. I was very rested, but I hit the ground running because Thursday night was uh, the three-hour teaching experience and then gearing up
0: for the weekend. So I think we even put in a team lead uh, retreat there too. We we did. It was (laughs) definitely been a full week. Um, Any highlights from the deeper experience from your perspective? Yeah,
1: I just loved it that so many people uh showed up. We had about 160 people who showed up in person for a three-hour experience going through First John. Thank you if you came, and thank you. I got a lot of good feedback from that. But we had uh, about the same – actually more online. So for three hours. And we can't see who's online, but we can see like when people drop off online because we get these data – Statistics and people hung in there. So if you watched it online, God bless you. You hung on for a long time there. So, and God gave me the strength to do that. I've been struggling with a cough, an ongoing cough, and, um, Apart from drinking water the wrong way during the middle of
0: it, I did okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it was a powerful night to be able to just be through the entire book in one sitting. And, you know, I think as a church, we're continuing to, to learn and adapt and reset different things in discipleship, so it was definitely a blessing to be a part of, and we're continuing to, to learn and experiment some as a church. So right. thank you for all the time you took oh, to put my into that. My pleasure. Okay, so what's the the passage and the big idea that we're going to be covering today? Okay, we're going to be looking at
1: 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 16. 17, three verses packed with um, incredible, um, inf- not, not just information, but stuff that leads to transformation in our lives. The call from John not to love the world or the things of this world. And so um, that, it's, it's a powerful passage that I think every believer needs to memorize, at least verse 16
0: about it, to understand the battle that's going on. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to dive into that. Um, before we do, something we want to just begin a conversation about is, what does it look like to begin transitioning back to in-person? That could be both with community groups and or coming and worshiping together as a church. You know, I know from a church leadership perspective, this has definitely been a very difficult season and lots of difficult decisions. Decisions, and often bad, just bad options to choose from. And so there's no guilt and shame in this conversation at all. And I know some have, need to stay at home for very legitimate reasons, and that's great. But you know, as we look at the numbers coming down and we're still putting in place all the health measures that we're called to do and are prudent to do, uh, we believe do believe in gathering together and worshiping together as a church family. And as community leaders, you are our champions within um, everything that we do as a church. And this might be the time where it takes that personal invitation um, that's, that's loving and kind to invite them to come back to to join us in person and I know as a church we found this too that right now it's it takes um, more kindness more personal touch uh, than than ever but people value and appreciate it so much so again we're just this is a beginning of a conversation and we're excited to see um, as we're able to continue to gather in person seeing more people come and return back and inviting you community group leaders to, to join us in this and be our champions to send out those personal invitations um, for people to, to join us?
1: Yeah, I would give just a few yeah. you know, thoughts on that. And, and number one, uh, we'd love to hear where you're at on this whole concept of returning back for in-person services. We, uh, we want to give grace with where people are at, and with especially if you have people you're taking care of who are vulnerable, or you're vulnerable, or people in your family are vulnerable. Um, but we ultimately believe that being in person is a good thing, and we believe that um, over time, we're going to have more and more people who come here. We just want our community group leaders to let us know how people are perceiving this now. This past uh, Friday, we had five new cases in Topeka so, or in Shawnee County. We had 25 in the hospital I mean that number in January was 170 at one
0: point. So my wife worked in the ICU, works in the ICU, and yesterday she got sent home because they didn't have any COVID patients in the ICU. So praise God. We'll see what the trend goes. But yeah, yeah.
1: but and so we want to be receptive to that also, and provide space for people to come and worship in in service, uh, in person. Now the other thing is you might want to consider just as a community group to sit around each other. Um, Just the invitation of hey, what's. are you going to go to, and can we all go together, that actually deepens your relationships with people who are there, and um, it provides another another person, another uh, human being who's finding and following Jesus to, to uh, join and worship with you. So I'd encourage you to do that.
0: Excellent. All right, well, let's dive into the passage. Joe, would you read the passage for today? Sure. We're in First John 2, verses
1: 15 through 17. It says this,
0: Excellent. Okay, so um, catch us up to speed on kind of the transition of the verses before that lead into this, and then um, let's have a discussion about those two primary words, world and love. So world, for example, it's in there six times. So it clearly it's an important <laughs> word in this passage. So yeah. Yeah, share with us a little so bit about So Brian that. did a great job. We watched him when we were in California with
1: visiting my parents But uh, that last phrase of uh, chapter 2, verse 14 says, And you have overcome the evil one. So that's mentioned twice from fathers and from young men that they have overcome the evil one. One in the present tense, one in the past tense. And so... Um, how does that happen? How do you overcome the evil one? And one of the ways that John is going to teach us here is by abiding in Christ. And abiding in Christ means having a direction where your home is not this earth, not this world. It's ultimately your eternal home, the eternal life that Jesus came to live and die, rise from the dead to give us. And so that's where he kind of unpacks it when he calls us to, remember, so far he's called us out of darkness into light, right, and walk in the light as he's in the light, the blood of Jesus covers, you know, we have fellowship with one another, blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins. So he's going to call us now on our loves. And um, John uses love more in First John 1 through 5 than he does through the entire Gospel of John which is 20 chapters long 21 chapters long. So he's going to he's just going to say ultimately abiding to abide is to love. And so he's going to call us away from the things of this world and into the things of
0: God. Great. And so the the world here it comes from the Greek word cosmos. That's right. And so the the world is listed six times is it the same Greek word each of those times? It is. Okay. It is.
1: So unlike love which has different Uh, spellings or different meanings from uh, the Greek. The world, uh, even though it has different meanings depending on the context it's in, cosmos, has three different meanings as John has
0: applied it in his writings. This is a great example of where the English language can sometimes be limiting, and the Greek language just adds so much more depth. So Joe does a great job in his message explaining all about the world and love. So I'm going to summarize what he talks about and try to give it in a concise way for community group leaders in case you get questions about, what is he talking about by the world and love? Okay, so the world. When we look at other places in Scripture, there's really three main ways it's used. It's used for creation— it could be used in the world of talking about humanity or rebellion against God. And the verse for creation, if someone says, "Okay, well, where's that at?" So first, or sorry, John chapter one verse ten does a great job talking about the world in the context of creation. Yeah, he was
1: in the world, and the world was created by him. Yeah. Okay, so that you get that whole picture from all of creation, that world, and you know, again, and what do we do with that? The, that type of world, we steward it well. And we steward
0: it as a, um, a fingerprint of God, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then the second one is humanity, and that's John 3.16. And so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for that God use. so
1: loved the world. that That is less the space of the world and more the people in the world. And what do we do with that world? Well, we love it like Jesus loved it. And so we steward creation... We love the people that God has created. Why? Because they've been crafted in his image.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's helpful to know that that's not the context, because, you know, the first part of 1 John 2.15 says, do not love the world. That's right. So it seems in contrary, Yes, but that's why it's the third, third one.
1: And that's where Jesus talks about the world that stands in opposition to him in John 17 in the high priestly prayer. And he says that ultimately, I've I've put them in the world, and the world hates them, basically. And even, even Jesus said in John 15, right after I'm the vine, you are the branches— um, uh, exposition there, he ends up saying, um, do not be surprised if the world hates you, because it hated me. And that's the world in opposition to Christ, and the gospel, the goodness of God, anything to do with God.
0: And, and then we have the other word, uh, love. And so, love, we see in scripture, there's three main uses of it. So, uh, it could be the Greek word eros, which involves that uh, romantic love or, or passion that you can have with a spouse, um, phileo, which yeah. is where you get like Philadelphia, right? So, a brotherly, brotherly love, love. And then agape love. Yeah. And in this passage, is, are, is every use of love agape? It is. Okay. And that's surprisingly because ultimately the
1: the love of agape demands everything that you have and everything that you are, and it commits uh, it to the object of its love. And so that's why he says that type of love, you do not love the world so that it gets all your time and your energy and your thoughts and your processing and your emotions and your interests
0: and your pleasure it's all right. Ra- it cannot be wrapped up in this world. So let's see, in verse 15, uh, it says, If anyone loves the world, mm-hmm. the love of the Father is not in him. So can you explain a little bit about what does it mean of to say, the love of the Father is not in him? Because I think it's going to go back to some of the definitions of world and that, because we see another place in Scripture that God loves the whole world. And so what, what does that particular yeah. line mean there? So Jesus said it
1: in Matthew when Matthew six when he said um, no one can serve two masters you'll either be devoted to one or despise the other you cannot serve God and money and I think this is that picture is you cannot love the world and at the same time love God and so this love for God that's that's the that's the love that helps you love God is that the love of the Father that's in you. And so that love for God cannot be operating at the same time there's a love for the world because yeah. it's that exclusive love yeah. that we're talking about. So, All
0: right. So then we get into these three different things that John's talking about. He's talking about the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. Why does John choose those three specific phrases? I mean, he could have used a lot of different analogies, a lot of different words. I know you don't know his brain, but as you've studied this and looked at this, and maybe even just the whole book, why did he choose these three specific examples? Yeah, the, the true answer is
1: I don't know. But as I look at, as I look at how he used him here, I mean, it's just kind of the totality of that which operates in us, that if, um, if I desire... Christ with the most in my life, if I make him my greatest desire, if I turn my eyes towards Jesus and and focus on him, and if I humble myself before God, he will lift me up. It's all those things. So you, the exact opposite are are those impulses and desires within me that wants just personal satisfaction or even wants to exploit god or the things of god for my pleasure and my will rather than understanding that ultimately a love for someone always requires sacrifice to that person when you when you love your child you it usually involves sacrifice that uh, I'm not going to get much sleep tonight when you're not feeling well or when you love your wife. It's going to mean time and energy and thought and attitude. And if you're going to love like Jesus, it's even going to be more. It's going to be the giving up, the laying down of your life for the purpose and, and the benefit of someone else. And so I think he, he covers it all, that those are those three areas are going to just take you away. They're, as I call them in the message, they're the triple threat yeah. of the love of God in your life.
0: And then th- this passage ends with saying, And the world is passing away, along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So, I mean, the world, there, there's a reason that we sin. There's a reason that these are alluring to us. There's a reason that, I mean, we need God in our life. We need the Holy Spirit. We, there's a reason that we need an advocate. There's a reason that we confess. Mm, yeah. But this verse, for me, really put it in perspective. And it shows this is why it's worth it to avoid these things because the world, it's, it's passing away. Yeah. yeah and I think we, we, for, we forget how finite we are. Yeah, We forget how short this world is and how we can, so often, when we take our eyes off Jesus, how we just have such a short-sighted view of our decisions and what we're seeking after. Yeah. So one thing I didn't develop a lot, and I probably will now that we're in
1: between services, I'll probably develop in my message a little bit This is run through (laughs) (laughs) 2.0?
0: It's
1: run 2.1 or something like that. But it says, uh, the world is passing away along with its desires. Mm -hmm. So think about that we're kind of in an immature stage of our existence. Yeah. We're at the early years, because we'll be with Christ for eternity in heaven forever. That's a whole other world that we're called to love different than this world. And those desires are gonna go away. Yeah. So can you think of one thing when you were three years old that you desired that you would care less about right now? Oh, absolutely. What? Name one. Three years old. I'm going, We're going back, Jeremy. It's it's easier for you to think three years ago. <laughs>
0: oh, three years ago. Yeah, when no, I was third, three when you when you were three. I'm when sorry, I was three. Yeah, I think some of my first memories were when I was five. Uh, okay, so, so there you go. Probably just a lot of independence about wanting to be able to do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted
1: to. Yeah. Well, that's that's how you are at thirty. So well, how did that that's change? True. Well, <laughs> so you probably had a big wheel or something like that, yeah. or uh, you probably, even at two, you probably had a, a pacifier. Did Were you a kid with pacifiers? I, I'm not sure. I don't have oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, my kids wanted the pacifier, but yeah. today they could care less about the pacifier. Yeah. And it was something they longed for then, but through immaturity now, and I know that they can be tempted with other things. It's just not something, and I think in heaven, we're not going to have that desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, the pride of life that's going to be knocking on our doorstep every day. Yeah. We're going to have Christ in all and through all, everything in our lives. We're going to desire Him. Yeah. We're going to find our greatest joy in Him. That's forever, you know? So why would we, why would we just as we wouldn't buy something that's out of date, And we wouldn't go and get a Commodore 64 right now and and try to make it work, um, apart from some of you really big geeks out there. I mean, why would we go in the past? Why would we go with something that's outdated? Go with something, the
0: new life in Christ that Christ has given us. I might not have a good memory of what I wanted when I was three and not now, but I, when, I, when I thought about this and you explained along with uh, – is passing along with its desires, I think about Clark Johnson, uh, a good mentor in my life that yeah. passed away um, a couple of years ago. And you you know, you, as I spent time with him, hearing the sanctification that's gone in his life and the things that he's worked through, yeah. when I share my struggles or where I was at, he can relate even if he doesn't struggle with it right now. Yeah, and and you just you you can hear the picture of sanctification, the wisdom and the the desires, of the world passing away from yeah. his life, and so it just speaks yeah. to again the value of of mentoring and those older, wiser people speaking our lives. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so bring this all together. So the the big idea was, the world you live in will determine the love you live out. And I'll be honest, when I first read I was like, oh, that sounds really profound. And then I was like, I'm actually kind of confused. And then kind of through hearing your sermon and wrestling through this, I mean, it's, it's spot on. So just yeah. kind of bring it together for so
1: us. So the world you live in, um, that, the world that gets your desires, your eyes, and your image. In other words, the pride, either pride or humility, the world that gets your all, Is going to be how the love, how which love comes out, and most of the time, the 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 love of this world is, although it may sacrifice from time to time to, it's all about how it makes you feel when you do that. The love of God is is far greater than just our emotions and feeling. The love of God is built on making Christ greater on earth as He is in heaven, and so the. If I love the things of this world, I'm going to have a fairly self-focused love, and the love of the Father is not going to be in me. But if I love Christ and abide in Him, and I love Him, and I love others, and I'm sourced by God's love, and I'm loving the eternal life that Christ has given me, life with Christ forever, that's my greatest joy? Yeah then that's that that I'm going to love like Jesus loved. He's going to be teaching me and he's going to be filling my life with love. because John just builds that and we're about to go into that next week. Where, where this you have this God with this unqualified love that just comes into our lives and wants to overflow into and through us. And so uh, we've got a great opportunity to grow in this love.
0: I know I do okay so let's go to the how do we apply this so there there is a lot there and a lot that I know the holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit has convicted me of, and I'm processing through, but when community group leaders are in their groups yeah. what how, what is maybe the the question you want them to ask and I mean maybe there, it's a question that they ask to process as a group, maybe it's a question that they just ask people to process individually where Where would you go with it with how do we apply this? yeah, so one question I ask myself
1: every morning is this. Where am I being tempted? Mm. And it's not just where am I being tempted to mess up or to sin. It's maybe where am I being tempted to find greater joy, greater satisfaction, a deeper comfort in the things of this world rather than the things of God. And we have a grid to do that. Yeah. What, what's my flesh longing for apart from Christ? What, are my, what have my eyes been focused on apart from Christ? And what is my view of success or accomplishment or significance in this life? And if you can just run through those three and be open about it, I think you give the Spirit an opportunity not just to, conv- to convict, but then you have Jesus having an opportunity to forgive. And so remember, there's not a millisecond that goes by when you confess that the covering of Jesus is not there for you as a follower. And this is not just to point out the bad stuff in you. This is to call you to love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and mind and strength.
0: Excellent. Um, Would you pray for leaders? Yeah, I'd love
1: to. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. We thank you for each one of these leaders. They are my champions. I love them. I'm thankful for how you're using them. Even as we uh, go through a fairly disruptive time for anyone to lead, I pray that you would gift them with love and grace and truth, and Lord, as we consider 1 John 2, 15 through 17, Lord, speak to our church family. May we be people who really do some honest conversation about how we're loving the world or the things of this world instead of you. And may you grow an appetite in our desires, in our with our eyes and with our with our whole picture of success and significance to where we are willing to humble ourselves to you so that you can do things that are
0: greater in and through us through your love. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, as we look ahead, uh, you know, we've really, as a church, tried to be responsive to the needs of our community and have tried to listen to what those needs are. How we can love our neighbor. So the the one right now that's available uh, is our community blood drive. So our our blood bank has been low, and so we're hosting a blood drive here at the church. That's going to be March eighth, and it's actually the week of spring break. So if you are a high school student, if you're a senior in high school, you're able to give blood as well. And to make this fun, because I love competition, we're having little competition within the community group. So whichever community group has the most members that donates blood, we're actually going to give you uh, a gift card for Topeka Pizza. So you can have uh, pizza within your community group. So mm-hmm. with that, you can go to fbctopeka.com slash events. My community group is,
1: is going to uh, donate two gallons of blood. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm kidding. You might
1: then you you might be having
0: that pizza party. We want pizza, man. <laughs> That's right. We may be unconscious, but we want the pizza. <laughs> uh, so, with that, thank you, community group leaders, yeah. for joining us this week. Hope this has been helpful for you uh, to confidently lead your groups. Uh, we love you. We're praying for you as you shepherd your groups. God yeah. bless. Bye bye.